that light way too bad in my background? Uh, yeah. When you block it with your head, it's fine. Yeah, that's better. Uh, off is better. Yeah, that's good. Let's see if we can get some natty sunlight in here. The only thing natty about me. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. Okay. Perfect. So I I didn't think this was gonna work because the computer it's the the laptop is like you fold it and it becomes a a um like a, a an iPad or whatever like a pad. Yeah. So it was trying to make me download a like Zoom um control a zoom remote and then link it from my ipad to this and I, I, so i was like okay let me just uh, bypass this app so yeah that's i hate when they try to make you download extra things yeah yeah <laughs> um not gonna happen. All, right. all right but um other than that like i am going to upload the audio onto spotify and such and um and then the video I'm going to go ahead and put it on YouTube and we'll see how it goes for there. Um, yeah. I'll, so I don't think I'm going to be changing anything uh, as far as like, uh, like names, like the YouTube name or anything or podcast. Name. Yeah. So cool. So I'll go ahead and start it up and see how I can be a good host. All right. All right. All right. Um, I think it's just going to be organically coming back into this. So welcome to another podcast for Fit Dad Lifestyle. It's been a while because it's been a heck of last year uh, or beginning of this year too. Um, so right now I'm in the transition of putting my podcast on video and it, I cannot figure it out for the life of me. So we're going the route of Zoom upload it and then if i have to mess around with the audio then we'll mess around with the audio but it's still going to be on podcast uh platforms and uh, we'll see what happens but i think I, I have a face for radio and um we'll see how this goes but um so the benefit of this uh is that you get to see gestures hand gestures um supplements, labels, or I can share my screen now so we can do that. We can even, uh, I don't really want to, like, I'm not a big fan of like copying other people's uh, podcasts. Like I know that Fuad has a really good podcast, Leo Longevity. Um, basically the whole group over at Advices Radio does a really awesome job. Um, but uh, we'll definitely play around with some of the things that they do and some of the the trolls that we're going to be getting pretty soon. Um, and we'll see what happens uh, as far as questions. So you're saying we're going to rate some physiques? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think we can rate physiques, but a different type of physique. Um, you know, I think uh, we can rate transformations. I think that's cool um, since you do a lot of transformations, you know? Um, so maybe we can do that uh, rather because I don't feel I have the, like the, the the merit to to rate a bodybuilder i'm like i know it's i know it's aesthetically pleasing to myself but again like we talked about it like i like the smaller like classic physique look and then you like more the monsters so um yeah so 
but we yeah we can play around maybe pick local people rather than like an international people so that'd be kind of cool just look up these different hashtags on tampa um oh i didn't even think about that that's something that could be unique or like the gyms you know how every gym has like things tagged yeah you understand movement very well so like maybe something like that like point out people that are showing like actually good technique on stuff because unfortunately yeah. it's a little more rare than it should be yeah yeah or even like why they do like half reps and or quarter reps and things like that because there, there's a time and a place for for some of that stuff and um after you got the fundamentals down um but uh yeah so for those of you who don't know myself or tj uh, myself andrew um you got to go back and listen to the other podcast. I'm uploading some of them onto the YouTube channel. Other than that, you have to go back and listen to them on some platform and uh, figure out who I am, my background, TJ's background. It'll be brought up here. It'll be in description down below. But um, yeah, so so we'll figure out where this uh, where this podcast organically goes now that we have video, so people can see our faces and um, and troll us. So that's what I'm looking forward to um and oh uh, yep yeah and then we'll definitely have some more guests on um we'll have some uh uh this one guy who uh the tampa next level chiropractic guy i don't know what he is um what he calls himself but we'll find out um but stuff like that going on um anyways so what's the update on you you got your car back oh uh, well i just got the new one finally but that was a hell of a journey I've yeah. never had so many issues giving someone a lot of money for a vehicle. Yeah, yeah. But that was insane. Trading my other car in, I was having issues, whatever. Spent four or five hours there. I was ready to leave with my car. They went to do the final cleaning of it and feel, yeah. like, feel it up. And on the way out, they smashed into the gate. So they broke the like front, like front end headlight, dented the front fender so that happened on a saturday so the service center was closed on sunday monday i was supposed to get an update long story short today is now friday and i just picked up my vehicle so how do you feel about the purchase i know so there's some people man they have like buyer's regret and there's been a few purchases that i've had that on what about this one i'm still very happy about the vehicle that i picked and the price i got on it even though the place I bought it struggled to do their job yeah. in every scenario, besides the one person, the person I started talking to uh, yesterday, Thursday, he got shit done. Like as soon as he found out about what was going on, the other people were like not communicating with anyone, not calling me back, not anything. Hang literally hanging up on me at one point, <laughs> trying to get a hold of him. And then as soon as this, uh, this, his email said he's the sales manager. As soon as he got a hold of it, he like walked straight to the service desk or the service place. He didn't try to call them. They weren't busy. He went, found out, got an update for me. And then the next day I went in, got uh, picked up my car. And then he personally emailed me after the fact, which I haven't been able to show you this yet. But yeah. uh, he offered, next time I'm in the area, low on gas, they're going to feel me up and top me off again just for the hassle and like there's he didn't have to like i didn't even 
ask him for anything because I've already brought up like trying to get like oil change or something because of the shit show it's been and the other people weren't doing anything so I just wasn't going to bring it up again I'm like just give me my vehicle so I don't have to deal with you guys anymore and that guy reached out specifically to me and he's like hey next time you're in the area and low on gas come in show him this email we'll top you off it's a good gesture at least yeah definitely can you hold on to that and wait till gas goes at its highest and be like, oh yeah, I'm here to like top off. <laughs> hey, and like, it's been spiking like crazy. I just, yeah, no. so I, in my Audi, I had to put a uh, premium. So I'm used to paying like $3 a gallon. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to use premium anymore. I'm going to save so yeah, much money. Yeah. yeah. It's at three that's, bucks that's right point. now. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and for those of you who are wondering, like we are in Tampa area, Tampa, Florida, so um, not as insane as like California. Dude, whenever I lived in California, I think it was whenever Obama just got elected, it was up to like, I'm pretty sure it got over five something per gallon. It was pretty bad. Yeah. A while back in Minnesota, when I was still there, there was times where it was like four fifty five dollars a gallon. I'm just like, mm-hmm. dude, it's insane. <laughs> too much yeah. too much um yeah so the um the post that i made on my instagram <laughs> <laughs> uh for those of you who, uh if you want to follow follow me and um i guess uh um i disagree with some of my my political um humor um yeah, there's already been some controversy. People um, trying to send me uh, BLM stuff, <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's nuts. So, um, anyway, threw the bait out there. That's for sure. You're like, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. So, so I basically was like, um, we need to change the flavor name of white chocolate. Is this color white trying to be chocolate? That is culturally unacceptable. <laughs> Did some people just like flipped out? Um, but this is like the most like interaction I've had. Uh, but then we have the flavor vanilla. It's white and mixes well with any other flavor. All flavors wish to mix with vanilla to enhance itself. Yeah, that's where you got awesome. yourself in trouble. Well, that comes true with um, with protein powders. You know, like you. If I am going to choose a protein powder, I typically want a vanilla base because I want berries to be mixed with it and it tastes well. If I want to turn it into chocolate, I do cacao powder. Dude, but everyone says that. There's chocolate covered every berry. I always use chocolate as a base. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. Chocolate covered strawberries. I'll give you that. Chocolate oranges. That's the thing in like UK. Um, that one would be a little weird for me, but I think like blueberries, I put blueberries with chocolate all the time. Oh, yeah, I don't know about that. I know like Brooks, was it Brooksville? They have that chocolate covered blueberries, but they have like chocolate covered everything. It's like dark chocolate. I do the blue, I do like the sludge, the sludge, Uh, and then dump the frozen berries in there. It's like an ice cream, like cold. It's so good. Yeah, maybe I'm just, um, I'm biased because I discriminate against chocolate. It's starting to like rub on me a little bit more. Um, but before, like, you know, I'm every woman's dream. I just don't like chocolate. So I just give it to them. But now it's starting to, to come on. Um, so, but other than that, I mean, that's kind of like, because like people ask for my opinion uh, at work. I'm like, what flavors are the best? And that's like the worst question 
I feel like you should ever ask someone. I don't know if you do this, like, like um, but I rarely am like, hey, what flavor is the best flavor of these options? If I know, like, I, I ask it a little different. If I'm gonna ask, okay. I'm like, what's your favorite flavor? So I, I try to make them not narrow it down to like a broad spectrum. I'm like, what's your favorite? Like, I'll just take that into account. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I prefer when people say that. And that one, because I'll be like, oh, I like Tropical Sunrise. The reason why is because it has a little bit of like mango flavor to it. And I enjoy mango. I think that's refreshing rather than like, because usually I'll be like, well, you know, I feel like, oh, I, I kind of like fruit punch and stuff. And like, I think of fruit punch, man, I'm thinking like high C, like those memories and like nothing that I've tasted tastes like high C and like as much as they try, it's just not there. Um, so I'm always like fruit punch, watermelon, probably my last choices. Um, so, but anyways, that was my car ride to work at uh, my commute. I was just thinking about uh, flavors for some reason. And then I was just like, someone had a sticker on the back of their car <laughs> and i'm just like yeah that kind of like pissed me off and I'm like what about flavors don't they get some like say like why does the flavor have to be named vanilla like why can't it choose its own flavor name how do you feel about people with bumper stickers um so i just use seen, it huh i just seen like uh vegan great and like oh like this one car had like seven different ones like vegan this and like i stopped reading them but i'm just like damn that's a lot of bumper stickers <laughs> i have a friend uh he lives in i think arizona now and he randomly takes pictures of bumper stickers i think that's really like the funny ones i think you're setting yourself up for um something bad and possibly something good but like when like when did you start like covering the back of your Prius with uh, liberal stickers during, during the elections? I think that can cause some havoc. Maybe your car get might might get keyed. But I think they're good if you strategically place them over scratches or dents. Maybe okay. Maybe. Re reduce so literally because then you sell the car and they're like, oh, like we can take this bumper sticker off later. <laughs> and they remove it and it's like a scratch. <laughs> but- uh, Oh, that's messed up. But, but like, yeah, like what if you put one that said like vegan for life and then like you get caught buying meat <laughs> at a grocery it, store. It, you're in the Chick-fil-A <laughs> drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I'm just getting a bun and some pickles. I swear. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, That'd be hilarious. Um, how's your training going with your leg and wrist? Uh, so I've been back in the gym for like two or three days where I've been able to train. The first day I was back in the gym, I didn't really do anything that involved my quad or wrist. I did some like supported like hamstring movements where I, there wasn't much quad involved. But yeah. I just trained quads today. And I did arms and some pressing yesterday and my wrist held up well. So I think I'm right back on track where I can start training and not really worrying about it. Yeah. But. What about your, um, so your leg, um, I was talking more to uh, Jason about it. So he, he said it's like the yellowish color now with the yellow bruise. Yep. So it went from red, like a deep purple and red Kind of had the rash look to it, 
have like little dots and yeah. then now it's like a yellow yellowish well now i only have like a small like less than a dime size of any discoloration so it's improving probably okay. the growth hormone but oh so yeah what are you using <laughs> uh so i basically came off any cycle of tests or anything for the next 10 weeks but i have kept two ius of ph and because i had like three quarters of a kit and it was the first time getting it so i tried Okay. legit legit stuff so i'm like i'm gonna try two and see if i notice it and i mean i feel like i leaned out at that same weight and got a little better sleep but it wasn't enough to be like really see much of a difference because it's only two i use yeah 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 and you just take them out at, at in the morning or i do it just in the morning yeah um have, have you uh listened to the Roderick Chavez to add podcast. The Bradrick I think Chavez. I yeah, so do Is that the, the fatter guy like, that's the expert? Yeah, he looks like a little gnome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His uh he goes against some of the thoughts that I had about GH. He he wasn't he saying like uh to use it at night before going to bed. So he sounds like he said a few different things, but yeah. uh, I think he was going against like splitting up doses too, like with even tests, like one shot a week where it's pretty notorious. Like people like to split it based on the half-life. Yeah. But yeah. He was going he was by going like all the serum concentration levels and uh, yeah, he's going by science. Um, and uh, that's, that, that's not the same, I think. Or when we're talking about like bodybuilders and fitness, like really intense. And the, le people. the levels of the dose, I think that's where it comes into play. Because if it was just a normal like replacement amount, you can kind yeah. of do that shit however you want because there's not much, there's not going to be much fluctuate. But when yeah. people are taking the higher dose, I think there's room for error there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just so have you, so you've used um, your previous injury, you used TB500. Was that uh, right? BPC-157 oh, okay. and the UC-2 form of collagen. Uh, that I, got I got great results with BPC-157 in yeah. my specific scenarios. So I feel like it's about equivalent for what I've noticed on recovery. But I think I took higher doses of BPC than, I'm, than it's equivalent yeah. in GH. I think I'm taking a lower average dose of GH than I was of BBC. It's, I've noticed good things like my sleep still improved, even though I take it in the morning, my sleep yeah. has improved. So, and my injuries, I feel like healed faster than like the bruising of that injury went away significantly faster than I expected it to. But it yeah. also took like three days to turn a different color. I'm like, I know it's injured. It was like a lump. It was like visibly not right, but there had no color for like three days. Huh. Yeah, it's crazy. Waiting. Um, did you you train quads today or no? Yeah, I did quads today. But how did it feel? Nothing. I had no issues. I had leg extension, then uh, leg press, uh, with a stance that I feel a little more in my quads, and then I did like the a couple of movements, like those 
uh, step offs, those for like knee rehab stuff. So I finished, yeah. I did lunging variation and then I finished with those just to try to get my knee a little more stable. Um, you're not doing a pendulum squat? Uh, when I was trying to get onto it, there was people on it and they're taking longer. So I just jumped on the <laughs> leg press. This is open. Uh, yeah. But I do like the pendulum squat a lot. It was just, I knew, I was warm. My body was starting to feel good. I wanted to like get on something. So I, the leg press I like at the gym was open. I just jumped on that. Oh, and yeah. I did the sissy squats with the, like the foot pad thing, whatever it is. Yeah. Do you use it with a, do you, do you hold a plate or do you have a uh, small barbell? Honestly, I just do higher reps from my body. With right. I shake like it's still something that that motion is one that like seems to irritate my knee a lot, even when yeah. I'm feeling good. Something about like how far I'm leaning back, whatever the case is. So I tend to do it as like a superset. I'll do some heavier movement. I'll do body weight and superset on it. Just to try to not suck at life so bad. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. What about you? I've, you trained back what 12 days in a row? Yeah. Um, like five days in a row of some sort of back movement. So, um, I've already posted on Instagram little, little, uh, sneak peek, I guess. But, um, yeah. So, um, I'm shooting for uh, October. Um, I'm going to do a certain event uh, that involves deadlifting and deadlifting for a very long time uh, without stopping. And also another one that involves total poundage in a given hour. So, um, yeah. So basically, I don't really have a good program set up for it. I need to reach out to someone. Uh, and, um, someone that, uh, so I, I used to, so I really, um, enjoy the people around American Bible club in Gainesville, Florida. And, uh, Jared Skinner, he's one of their used to be coaches. He's now moved. He has like a, I think a PhD in phys physiology or something. And, um, but, uh, he's super, super strong and really good at, um, programming. He's trained my wife and uh, she got strong for her first powerlifting competition, but, uh, yeah, so I've just been doing like uh, starting off on like, um, so basically what, what I'm trying to do is uh, break two Guinness world records. Um, so one of them is deadlifting 100 kilograms nonstop. Um, and then the other one is how many pounds you can deadlift in an hour. So I have the math kind of figured out on how many reps to do it for the total total uh poundage deadlifted in an hour and um so that one comes down to me doing um 18 to 19 reps uh every minute for 60 minutes at 225 pounds um and then yeah so um and then i need to be able to do the same so then for the other record i need to be able to go beyond six minutes in three seconds of deadlifting 100 kilograms straight um, without stopping. So I gotta get more information on that. If it's, cause I'm using a stiff bar, I'm not using a deadlift bar because 
it's going to have some bend to it. And I don't want that whip, um, even though it's not a lot of weight, but you still have to pull the slack out. And if I set the bar down, I have to pull the slack out. And I think that can mess up my tempo if they want, if they want me to set the bar down rather than tap and go. Tap and go, deadlift bar would be nice on because I don't have to let the slack out the entire time. But I'm practicing on power on a power bar, so it's a lot stiffer. I can set it down without any type of slack. And I'm only using 225, and then the other one I'm using 100 kilograms, so a little bit under 225. Um, yeah. I was gonna so, ask what the math on that was. Yeah, it's just, just a little bit under. But I'm training the endurance uh, of the over six minutes with 225. Um, but I'm now I'm thinking that's a bad idea. So, <laughs> um, and I can tell you right now, uh, two two and a half minutes to three minutes is exhausting, um, exhausting. And um, and I'm doing this without a belt. So, is that a rule or? Is it no, just something you're doing? but I want to make that a disclaimer in the, in the breaking the record. Um, and I want to do it back to back. So like day one, day two. <laughs> so, um, but uh, right now my training program set up for the hour long uh, deadlifting I'm doing. Uh, so what I did my first time, I did five sets or five reps of 135 every minute uh, for 45 minutes. That killed me. Like I, like the, it didn't hit me that day. The next day I did 135 or no, 155, five reps for 30 minutes just to get my back used to like the, just like the overall like repetitions um, and that movement in general uh, before I start titrating up weight and reps. Um, but dude, that night, like next morning, like it just like hit me, like CNS fatigue, just like, <laughs> just felt it so much. And like the food, man, like, I mean, I go to the gym and I am like freaking starving, even though I just ate a meal like an hour before, which never, ever happens. So, um, it's definitely like, so I had it, so I'm increasing my, um, my liquid calories. So like orange juice and juices and stuff um and increasing like um uh I'm, I'm i can't stuff so much rice in me but i can do like gummy bears um some and like sprouts has like the organic sugar one so it's like it's not high fructose corn syrup um so they use like a, a yeah. tapioca syrup um so i'm and cane sugar so uh, i know it's sugar sugar i understand that but like i high fructose corn syrup i feel like i noticed like a sluggishness to me and like kind of like a like, I don't really I care feel about like shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about fat. Um, but I think I, I am, I do have concern for my liver. So I don't want fatty liver. And I, and from my previous blood test and ultrasounds, I've seen that the more high fructose corn syrup that I've uh, consumed, the worse my AL, ALT and AST are. And my, like, the, they've done ultrasounds and my, my liver has some like fatty liver content to it, I guess. Or, whatever they diagnose that as. Um, so I've seen the difference and, uh, and I perform better on cane sugar versus high fructose corn syrup. Um, but uh, so yeah, I'm not going full like vertical. I've thought about the vertical diet, but um, 
uh, it's hard to get through orange juice without it going through you so fast. And uh, that's my, so my, <laughs> so that, that brings me to my next thing. So I'm thinking I can gain, I, oh, okay, I'm going into it with the mindset that I'm going to break these records. Um, but uh, my biggest concern is uh, crapping my pants or peeing my pants is my biggest concern. Um, so, because like- That'd be a problem. At, at around like 30 minutes of that first session, I really wanted to poop so bad. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. So like you're holding in and I'm like, I don't know if it's like, yeah, something's coming out. <laughs> so uh, I gotta somehow figure that out. Is this also with no straps or anything? Yeah, grip no straps. Key would be a nightmare. Yep. Yeah, so I'm gonna start off um, double over and then I'm gonna switch to uh, over under. Um, so we'll, if I'm allowed to do that, I'm pretty sure I am, as long as for the, for the, not for the straight. So for the straight one, for the deadlifting, like six minutes straight, I'm doing over under. Um, but so my training program, what I am going to do is more variations of, of them because after talking to Jason, I was like, oh yeah, I should probably do that because my variations were like hyper extensions and pin lay rows, um, rows, things like that. But now I'm thinking, oh yeah, I should be doing block pulls and, um, and deficit deadlifts and stuff just to throw in some variation. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, the back fatigue is like insane and I don't want to train anything else. Um, but I don't think as far as like my transformation of my body, since I'm not really going for aesthetics, my, I, I am extremely aware that my legs are not going to like grow. Uh, they might get like denser, but I think my back is definitely going to grow. Like my arms, obviously not. My waist, now this would be interesting to see if the theory of deadlifting, do, does it increase girth of your waist? Because I'm not going to use a belt. I'm going to use solely my own belly uh, to breathe. And I do do the valves, valves more uh, breathing technique. Um, so we'll see if my waist Have you measured your waist? Before yeah, starting dude, the it's, train it's, for it? it's pretty wide. Um, I am naturally uh, in the morning. I am a thirty-three point eight. Um, but yeah, I'm like naturally just I'm very wide hip bones, and uh, and then I turn to my side and then I disappear. So um, yeah, uh, we'll see. So it's going to be interesting, and it's the theory that it's deadlifting blows at your waist isn't yeah, that so also about how people like breathe and how they yeah. do theirs yeah so like since i'm so usually you have a belt on and then you breathe against the belt to create that pressure um and uh again it, it helps a it can also increase like blood pressure which is kind of what you want to get you moving that weight um but uh yeah it just it, it keeps everything very uh tight and your spine safe um, if you're breathing it, cause it's, you're basically, you're battling forces. So you're trying to put as much force on your belly and then that the bar is going to pull on your back. Um, so it bounces out so you don't strain yourself. Um, and I don't do that on my squats. So I usually go like, um, uh, like the Patrick Moore route. Like I will breathe in and tighten my stomach rather than pushing out with my stomach. So Damn, almost vacuum deadlifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. yeah. I don't pull it up that high, but um, but yeah, I do. I I act like I'm like 
by doing like a like a front uh, crunch, like a front pose, I guess, front ab, ab and thigh pose. I, I kind of, I focus it like that. And I've done that with, um, you know, I don't need a belt or breathing if, if I'm under 500 squats. So, um, yeah. Uh, can you help me understand, because I don't deadlift much, why my body feels a lot safer pulling from a deficit? Like, I feel like when my back is more, like, I feel like I'm more tipped forward and everything when I'm pulling conventional because, like, I'm not able to get under it as far as I am when it's, I'm on a deficit where I, like, I feel like I can get more underneath it before it comes up. So I'm not like just pitched forward. Yeah. So that would be like your hinging. So um, it allows you to be able to have the advantage of a hinge. So like, just like how you can, um, you can hip thrust a lot. Like the majority of women can like, and men can hip thrust like, you know, five plates on each side. Um, it's kind of, this, that can be a carryover to your deadlift with the hinging movement. Um, so being up higher like that, your, your, your knee. So like the little diagram toward the, whoa, let's use this, uh, share, um, share screen app to, to figure this out. Right. Um, the little hey, diagram. Guy. Um, <laughs> uh, deficit deadlift. let's see what pops up. Usually it'll stick guys. Um, image. You know, this is where uh, Joe Bennett can just come in and uh, do his, uh, I watched all of his videos where, where he draws the diagrams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was talking. Yeah. He was talking about sumo and conventional deadlifts, like two weeks ago or something. Yeah. My my kids are going crazy out there. Holy crap! All right, let's do this. You see me? Okay. Yeah. Dang. This tech, this technology. All I right, see cool. you. Yeah. So this guy. So your hips are a little bit different. So you're allowing to be able to like have a, a better advantage with your um, uh, with your thrusting, like with your the hinge, right? So if your hips are higher, uh, you're going to put a lot of strain on your back, right? Your hips are if your hips are slightly lower it's almost like a like a squat pretty much but um so you can hinge more so i feel much safer doing deficits standard for me like because i already have yeah. issues with lower back it seems to i feel a lot less uncomfortable doing a standard dead, deadlift over a deficit deadlift yeah. which makes no sense because i'm getting down even farther so most people would think it would probably be the opposite yeah, it, it, it depends on the, so you might see someone, um, so see how he is in like the perfect position as far as like where the bar is, his knees and such, right? But you see some people to where like their the bar is like all the way over here and they're, and they're more like flattened out. So I'm thinking like that might be an issue where people start doing deficit deadlifts and they're like, oh, like my lower back hurts because the bar might be rolled way out here. And then their their chest is going to be flatter to the ground, and it's going to be almost like a doing a like a pin lay row to a deadlift. So, yeah. In the 
the same one, it looks like his standard, he's more forward over the bar than he is on the deficit. Uh, from yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, his chest. So his this chest is, see, like, so like this one, like how that is, like if he were to be, uh, sometimes you'll see people have this same type of trunk, like how, how he, it's like a, a smaller angle, um, but the bar would be like way over here. So they'll pull from their, it's like they'll use their anterior delts to pull rather than their back because you're trying to get the bar pretty close to you so you don't have to use your delts because you're going to be pulling from the ground whereas you should be pushing from the ground. So that's kind of like what I, what we used to tell people is like just push the, like push through the floor and then, um, and then you'll get a better like hinge and then a better deadlift and less strain on your back. But a lot of people, they think it literally is like a deadlift where it's just like a, like, like you just pull from the ground, which you'll see, you'll see people's like um, shoulders um, activate before anything else. And that's, that's what's going to have causing them issues on their back and their shoulders and cause some impingements. Um, so whereas, I, I feel like I have a really, really long torso. Yeah. Could this also be a reason why I don't feel as comfortable in a standard than I do with the deficit. Yeah, you got to play around with it. Like, I don't know how tall this guy is, his limbs. So I don't know how long his arms are, if you have longer arms. So I'm at advantage because I have long arms um, and I have shorter legs. Um, and so, um, yeah, I don't know this guy's like ratios, nor do you know his like, so like, that's where his hip bone is. Some people's hip bones are different, man. So um, it really depends, you know. So yeah, everyone's so different, but um, I wish there was a better thing. But uh, and then I don't know. Also, I don't know what what uh, what height a de deficit he's on. So I mean, I've done like those bumper plates. I've done like a forty-five and a twenty-five uh, deficit before, Ooh, which I don't know what that is. It's a big deficit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I pulled four or five from that comfortably, and I never really went up from there. Um, this guy's got some like sumo deficits, which I've never done. Well, maybe I've done once, but probably, I feel like I was going to like split my feet off and then I'll just like do a split. That would not be good. But, um, Did the plates slide up. Yeah, dude. So here's, so, I mean, I, I had, uh, a scare where I was on a, this is totally my fault. I was using uh, socks because I forgot like flat shoes. And I was on a um, platform and my feet, <laughs> my, my toes were on the rubber, but my heels were on the, the platform and they just uh, waxed or whatever they did to that platform. And I totally like biffed it. So like I did a split and then like kind of swoop underneath the bar. Um, scared oh, me. Oh no, you, and, uh, you yeah, actually yeah, yeah. fell. Yeah, yeah. And so like my, my shins were all scraped up because the bar like, literally it scraped up my legs so it, it was a uh, it was crazy but yeah um but yeah so that's um yeah everyone's so different on deadlifts that's why like to say this is the way that you do it um it's a good foundation and then you work from there but you i guess you can give like good key pointers of like this is what you feel and that's kind of like what i i do with clients that i, I don't train with whenever i used to do like training um online it's more just like you have to feel it here. This is the engagement. And then you look at their videos and then you just ask them like, 
did you feel it right here? And sometimes they remember, sometimes they don't. Um, but uh, then you send them little reminders about that. But same thing with squats. Like I have a narrow squat, but also I, I do low bar. So I do low bar with a narrow stance squat. Nah. I do a really wide stance, but it's, I can't do my ankle mobility, anything like more narrow stance. I, I just don't have the ankle mobility. I don't own like squat shoes or anything to help me with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you can either buy, uh, platform shoes or, uh, or I do the little plates. Lifted. See, I don't like those cause it puts a pressure on your, um, uh, your plantar fascia and i don't i don't think that's really good when you maybe if you're doing a lighter weight that's fine but i would never take a risk i would just do those wedges are really good uh by prime fitness uh those are good i don't know if powerhouse has those but that would they be a do. good thing yeah i prefer just, those but in scenarios where i didn't have it i would literally just yeah. use like a five pound plate and it yeah. sucks i used to have horrible plantar fasciitis when i was like 300 plus plus. Yeah. and that wasn't a good 300 plus that was like chins, chins. <laughs> you were like a, a chinese takeout yeah all these chins exactly oh man I'm trying Anyways. to get canceled <laughs> politically correct <laughs> i have an asian friend it's totally fine um <laughs> and i speak vietnamese so ah i'm good uh, that's a that's a win yeah that is a win yeah comes in handy whenever uh you have to order food or ask where to buy a dog to eat, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> nah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, other than that, man, so that's pretty much it uh, as far as um, what's going on. Um, this is just kind of a test run too. So what else do you want to talk so about? So what about, uh, just we brought up the amount of fish oil you started taking recently. So oh yeah, yeah. Do you want to cover that? Yeah, man. Um, so some interesting things happened. So I went from usually eight grams of fish oil a day. Um, I do a uh, I use Nordic Natural Nordic Naturals uh, 1280 milligram. Um, that's just what I have a stock of right now. And so I do eight grams a day. I split it up throughout the day. Um, I found that taking all eight in the morning, I had, uh, diarrhea for lunch. So, uh, split them up. And then I use, so the reason why I started this was to help with inflammation within my body, um, help mood and such, um, digestion. So now I bumped up to 15, uh, grams a day and it's a high EPA counts. Um, again, still Nordic naturals. Uh, I've been doing this for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, like over almost two weeks now. Um, and anyways, the first thing is I noticed uh, definitely uh, bowel movements. Um, but uh, today it was kind of weird. Today I used a different brand um, and uh, because we have samples. Well, we did have samples. And um, uh my pee smells like fish <laughs> and my poop smells like fish. So I don't know why that's happening. Um, I would understand. I know why, you know, your pee smells after carnitine, too much carnitine or too much asparagus. I understand that. But fish, I did not know that. Uh, <laughs> so 
interesting. But uh, anyway, where was, where was I going with this? Um, oh yeah, so, but the past couple of days on 15 grams, I started having severe headaches. So if anyone out there knows why, and don't bring up this bull crap of like oxidative stress because of omega-3s, um, a legit reason why, like my head was throbbing, like as if I had a migraine, but not in one area, it was like all over my head. And like, I could just hear it thumping. I could hear like my heartbeat, right? And I never, ever, ever have had a headache. And so my wife, she has cluster headaches, which if any, if, any, yeah, if any of you know about that, please, I'd like to know where you get your mushrooms that are, don't have LSD, but she complains about it. And I have no empathy for it because I've never had a headache. And, um, and so I was just like laying in bed, even turning the light on my like to my head just throbbed even more that light so that's all i'm like well that's what people with migraines complain about right the light um the only the more that i think about it i mean the only thing um which i don't think is like a genetic thing but like i, I know that it thins blood but again like i was telling you like i'm on k2 i'm on d3 but i i am on uh uh mk7 uh uh, k2 so the niquinone and i think it's a blend it's from jaro um but uh yeah i have no idea why i thought it was just maybe because my blood was like thinning too much um but i mean my blood's pretty thick man every time i go and give like donate blood it's like it is thick <laughs> and it's like slow and they're always like is this has it always been like this i'm like yeah um and i'm not i'm, I'm not like lethargic so uh, I, I, maybe I just have thick blood, but my red blood cells are in count and such. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, my dad has had like a very, um, addictive pers personality with, uh, Excedrin and he, cause he has headaches like every day. Um, I remember that growing up. Um, and I don't know if he does anymore, but, um, but I remember he went through like, uh, the bottle of 300 Excedrin in like a week. That's great. Yeah. I used to eat ibuprofen like that for my plantar fasciitis and just like, I couldn't walk like between yeah. classes in school. So like I was eating them every pretty much hour, which see, not good. and I can't take that stuff, man. Cause I have like, um, like, uh, like acute, um, uh, colitis and stuff um, that will flare up every now and then because of uh, my allergies, um, which I take Dupixin for that. Um, so like, I will have those flare ups cause like whatever's happening on the outside of my skin, like rashes and stuff, it like happens. That's what's happening on my intestinal tract. Um, so which like I took a Leo, Leo Rex advice of, um, uh, taking sodium butyrate to help with the stomach lighting. And then I'm also like just eating a little bit of ghee every day or grass fed butter. Um, but, uh, to yeah, to manage that. But yeah, I can't take the ibuprofen or et cetera. Cause I was like, man, I should just take some of that. And then I'm like, mm, nah, I'm going to like be sick all day. So I try to avoid them at all costs now. And I, I haven't found many reasons that I need it. Like if I get a headache, like I hydrate with electrolytes, I take magnesium or I do something along those lines. Yeah. I always seem to get improvement. So I don't really mess with it too much. Yeah. 
that whenever I worked for orthopedics place, um, uh, yeah, it's been about 10 years. Um, I just, <laughs> I took a uh, Celebrex, uh, it took like 400 milligrams, <laughs> uh, whenever I was like, uh, more into CrossFit and, uh, my shoulder would just stop hurting. <laughs> it was like amazing stuff. And then I was like, and then, like after the workouts, you like so like sick. You like vomit afterwards. You're like, oh, I don't know if it's because of the cell bricks or the workout. <laughs> so I destroyed my ankle, and I took my brother Mike gave me probably three or four Advil liquid gels, and I tied my shoe up tight, and we ended up playing basketball that night. But I was in a cast in like three days because I couldn't do anything with my foot. Like yeah. my toes were all like this fat. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't see how people like pop them. It's so much, man. It's crazy. Like I have no idea. And I, I think it's funny whenever people, um, when they want to transition off of them, they try to find something natural. The first thing they go to is turmeric, um, which I've never uh, yeah, I've never noticed. <laughs> Dude, I've I've spent money on turmeric, and I've never noticed anything. My wife's the same thing. Uh, she didn't notice anything. She noticed something on ostering which I noticed something on Austrian, um, joint pain, gone. Um, small amount of DECA, joint pain, gone. So, yeah, but. Yeah, I've, I've taken it at times and I've had my like joint issues for a while. It never helped me at all. But that, like <laughs> UC2 form of collagen, yeah. game changer for me. But I would pop high doses of turmeric. Yeah multiple 900s literally noticed no improvements yeah yeah i think the majority of it's just uh diet really i think you start doing some food elimination diets you'll figure out like what's causing that joint pain it's like the people that come in for uh uh tart cherry juice for gout and i'm just like so uh did you drink alcohol last night like yeah i'm like well duh <laughs> like of course it flares up man come on but yeah like you would think like you can google like it's funny the people so like the mentality of the average consumer for supplements who are just getting into it and even some of the people who are already into it they're just so gullible with marketing you type in like how to get rid of gout and then it pops up a pill and it's like take this pill and it gout goes away rather than like right below it a few if you just scroll down it's like foods to avoid if you have gout you know lifestyle food choices to help with reducing inflammation and some of them are crap some of them are good but you read through it and you kind of discern which is right or which is wrong for you and then you apply it you do something for 30 days if it doesn't work okay you know move on but I, I think it's silly whenever people just want that uh that pill or that quick fix and like it's just like it's like you're so intelligent to use google and to like find certain products that like uh i have no idea like if someone's buying a refrigerator like they know how to look at the specs and, and look at the reviews and they can cut through the bull crap and stuff but then when it comes to like freaking joint pain or or swelling of the legs it's like they become so dumb <laughs> like, or bro. anything for your health in general yeah i feel yeah. like it's real bad <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, like health, I mean, even like just gaining and losing weight, like the concept of calories and, or, or macronutrients, whatever you want to do, any of them's fine if you're starting off, but like the concept of budgeting calories makes zero sense to people. I'm like, 
it's the same idea as if you're budgeting your money that you know what your like what's your daily caloric intake what do you need to take to maintain your weight now you have a calculator on websites that will kind of give you a rough ballpark but at least you have a number right and then you're like hey what is your monthly expenses you know <laughs> it's like do you so do you want to overspend well let's overspend three hundred dollars a month or do you want to save three dollars a month let's just underspend three dollars a month on on one um like um entertainment um expense you know it's like the same idea uh which i bring that up to a lot uh with people and i'm just like that's the concept you have to go at it it's not hard and you don't do it for the rest of your life you're not like every month you're not like this is like you don't go down and like calculate expenses every single day you know you don't you just at a weekly usually some people have weekly or, or monthly budgeting that they'll do and they'll they'll set aside time to do that it's the same thing with your calories you just set aside like a week or uh, one day a week or one day a month to set aside and budget your calories again see your like track your progress it's so so easy and they and it it's not time consuming because what else you're going to do you're you're going to play candy crush like a picture you know um stare at a wall i don't know but it's like <laughs> like it's very very small amount of time and then you don't have to like yeah same thing with like weighing food like you don't do it for the rest of your life like you and i can pretty much eyeball six ounces of meat you know i still weigh everything for whatever reason yeah, i just i got so weird. used to it i just throw everything on skin that's fine I'm all right well i'm taking you out somewhere so you can bring that scale with you in my pocket <laughs> Let's go to Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's a good thing. Let's go out somewhere, actually, and let's bring the scale to see if we order what is actually that is. So if I order a 10-ounce steak, I want to know if that's 10 ounces. Dude, you get six. It's so bad. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And I'll show the waiter or waitress. Yeah. Or uh, I can't gender. I can't gender waiter or waitresses. What are they called? Servers? No, that's... That means that they were servants or slavery. Um people they're getting are, paid to do a service i don't know um um organs that bring me my food will yeah so oh <laughs> yeah. uh, it's getting out of control yeah yeah but i don't know if that mr hated mr potato head thing passed or not did it i sure hell hope not uh, uh, like just let mr potato head be mr potato head yeah, leave yeah. him alone yeah, you have a miss like yeah on on the Blue Ad podcast like they brought up a good point man. Um, there is a Miss Potato Head. It's on Toy Story three or four or something. So there's genders there. What you don't see, you don't see any children. You don't see any tater tots. Tater. <laughs> you don't see any. I'm just saying. So now you're discriminating versus little little people. Well. You know? Oh yeah, see, that's another thing. Tater cots could be midget forms of potatoes. Or they don't have any sweet potatoes. Yeah, that's fine. Different colors. Well, that's race now. You're just wrapping <laughs> everything in. What about a skin tone, sir? Yeah. <laughs> sweet potatoes are like, like orangish, whatever. <laughs> now we're getting uh we're getting into like the cartoon uh Doug, where everyone's like a different color, like green and blue and yellow. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, that's too funny. But uh, anyways, you want to end it there? My kids are going crazy. It's, 
been an hour, I think, on here. Hey, I think this worked out really well. All right. I think we shit. There we go. Perfect. Let's let's see if this actually um works. Save.